What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. What's up? And with us back again, Justin, the Russian concussion mascaro. Hello. All right, episode 85, uh, we're going to recap a dominant Saints victory. We're going to recap the NCAA Week 2, NFL Week 1, and we're going to give you our picks for this coming week. So, yeah, first things first. Um, Saints go into a home game against... The Packers, except it's in Jacksonville, team was displaced, staying in Dallas, then working out at TCU, getting their practices in over there. In comes the almost uh, Super Bowl competing Green Bay Packers, a half away from going to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, how would you think that game was going to go? Going into it. I told y'all we were going to win. You did pick this one as a win. Me and Justin did not. Uh, did you think that we were going to win 38-3? to No. And that Jameis Winston was going to throw five touchdowns, no interceptions, and have under 150 passing <laughs> yards? Um, what a fucking win. What a win. It reminded me exactly of the last time that we played in Florida against Tampa. I was there. 38-3, um, to I think, was the victory. Tom Brady didn't do shit. Uh, we made Aaron Rodgers... Waved the white flag, threw in the towel, going into I don't know how much time left in the fourth quarter. Jordan Love came in. He couldn't do shit either. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's still stuck on like a bad like ayahuasca trip or something on doing on his uh like jungle vacations that he keeps going on. He looks homeless. He looks like like Tom Hanks in Castaway. Yeah, he um he definitely doesn't look like a quarterback. No, and he doesn't look like an athlete and he doesn't look like he wants to be in green Bay. So I did not see it going this way. Clearly I didn't give us a a win when we broke down the schedule. And I mean, Nick did. And that was, we were thinking we were going to be playing in the Superdome. Imagine if we were in the Superdome. Mm -hmm. I just kept thinking about that. Like if we're beating the dog shit out of the green Bay Packers, 38 to three in the Superdome right after a hurricane just decimated the area. I mean, that, that would have been eerily reminiscent of the Gleason block punt game, first game back in the Dome. Obviously not as big, not as much meaning to it, but, I mean, God, that was just awesome to watch. It really was. I, I don't even know who I would give the game ball to. I guess Jameis, but, I mean, everybody played lights out. Mm-hmm. Paulson Adebo, um, Marcus Williams played great. Super critical of Marcus Williams. Uh, he played lights out. The linebackers, Quan and Demario Davis, best linebacker duo probably in the league when they're both fully healthy. Uh, I don't. I mean, Lattimore did well too. Yeah, yeah. Lattimore too, playing through a broken thumb. I guess I, I think it's his thumb. Uh, he he broke it on. I don't know if you saw the replay. The last play of the first half, he slammed it on Adam's shin. Mm. So, and it was great coverage. I don't know how Adams caught that ball to give them their only points of the game. But, I mean, good God. I I don't care what anybody says. Nobody thought we were going to win like that. So, it's like you come into this year thinking it's a rebuild year. I mean, what are we thinking now? 
Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean 38 to 3 against the Green Bay Packers? It's going to be the schedule's tough, so there's a lot still ahead of us. I mean, it's clearly going to come down to us and Tampa Bay in the division. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I mean, I think we're probably the two top teams in the NFC as well. Yeah, I will say I fucking can't stand Troy Aikman. I hate Troy Aikman so oh, much. Don't even get me started. Troy Aikman is such a whiny little bitch. I swear to God. Whining about the pass interference, I mean, the uh, rough in the passer call, and not even acknowledging, like you pointed out, the pass interference in the end zone, clear pass interference on the same play. So eye for an eye. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, and then just kept complaining about it for like 25 minutes after the fact. It's like, was that going to affect the outcome of the game? Was that even close to having a deciding influence on the outcome of the game? No. I hate Troy Aikman so much. Him and Joe Buck are a bunch of little bitches, I swear. Um, But yeah, I I couldn't script it any better. It was an incredible performance all around. Jameis Winston, you got to be happy for Jameis getting another chance, proving Sean Payton right, which was obvious he was going to be the starter from day one. I've been saying it for over well over a year. Wasn't going to be Taysom. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. Did he light it up with passing yards? No. But, I mean, when you're running the ball like we were, getting the turnovers, Marcus Williams getting us in the red zone after his interception, Paulson Adebo getting a good return out of his. I mean, it was utter domination, especially in the trenches. I don't really know what else. I don't have any other takeaways other than it just, they look like a high school team. Yeah. You got anything else? About no, not really. I think. I guess I was surprised that Callaway wasn't involved a little bit more. Yeah, but I was too. Um, one, I've been talking about Jawan Johnson too. Yeah, I like him a lot, and he showed it. Dudes could have fucking went up there and got it thirteen feet in the air. Like the way he jumped up for that first ball was extremely impressive, and the second one too. Full extension on both. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you have? One catch. I think he had one catch. Yeah, Callaway in the beginning, and then, I mean, he only, when the quarterback only has a, under 150 passing yards. It's yeah, like, I think we threw it under 20 times. Yeah, so that's why I, I wouldn't hit a panic button on that or anything. He's also got Jair Alexander guarding him, one of the best corners in the league. So, yeah, no, I think uh, I, I think Callaway's going to contribute a lot starting next week. Um, but yeah, no, I mean. We didn't even get, yeah, he's our best receiver we got, and we got no production out of him and still slaughtered him. So mm-hmm. it's like wasn't even needed. The The deep ball to Deontay Harris was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Just awesome. Like, turning back the clock to, like, 2011, it was like, oh, my God. It was so perfect, too. We didn't have to, he didn't have to check up at all to go get the ball. Like, when Taysom threw it to him against Minnesota, he's got to, like, fall down for it. No, in stride, perfect ball. Do y'all like the signing of Kenny Stills? I do. Yeah, I like Kenny Stills. Um Knows the organization. We drafted him, didn't we? Mm-hmm. He was a rookie with us. Um, and we had him for what? Six years, something like that? Uh, three. Was it only three? Yeah. I don't know why I felt like it was longer Three than or that. four, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, knows the organization. Sean Payton likes him. He complimented his, uh, his football IQ, all of that. I think he'll be activated to the active roster soon. I don't know if it'll be right away, um, like this week, but could, if, especially with Traquan. I don't know what the fuck Traquan's doing. I mean, judging by who's playing wide receiver for us, I think it's likely that he gets in quicker than. Yeah, no, I I think, yeah, I would say within 
two to three weeks. I just don't know if he'll be ready to go against Carolina, mm-hmm. which I'll be going on the road. Uh, leave Friday. We'll be in Carolina, going to the game, our yearly away game. So I'm excited for that. Sucks that Marshawn's hurt, Davenport's hurt again, but he looked damn good when he was healthy. So once, and that's the biggest takeaway for me is that our defense looked like a top five, if not the best defense in the league, and we're not even close to 100%, you know? I mean, you got, um, well, one, our rookie draft pick, Peyton Turner, didn't play. Um, but who else? Obviously, um, I don't know why I'm, I'm, like, completely drawing a blank. But we got Roby coming in next week. I mean, we're playing a rookie corner, for God's sakes, and he looked damn good. But then also, too, and, and on the offensive side of the ball, Michael Thomas isn't there. So there, there's a lot of key contributors that are still hurt and not playing David on Yamada with the suspension. That's one I was drawing a blank on. Did McCoy come back into the game? No, no. They're saying that, um, what was it? I can't remember what it was. It was, I think it was a lower extremity injury. Uh, he is, they don't know if he's going to play this week. It might be a couple week. Injury. Okay. I can't, I, I read about it earlier. I can't remember. I'm like I said, just completely drawing a blank right now, but I know Lattimore's week to week. I say, cast him up, club his hand up. And let's go. Don't need him to catch interceptions. Just need him to lock up and uh, shut people down like he did with Devontae Adams. So, um, yeah, all in all, I'd say 10 out of 10 first start. Probably the biggest surprise of the week. I don't think very many people saw that happening. Nobody saw that happening. I mean. Um, only player I wasn't too impressed with was um, Troutman. Yeah, he dropped that one ball. Um, was that – yeah, that was – would have put us inside the five, wouldn't it? It was a big player. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was small sample size. It was one drop, at least what I remember. Um, I know he is not terrible in the uh, blocking. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that's a big drop. Right in his hands. Didn't get hit, nothing. So that didn't look good. But, I mean, if that's the worst thing that happens all day, it's a good day. Yeah, good. So, um, but, yeah, that's really all I got. We'll we'll – we might revert back to uh, the Saints whenever we uh, touch on NFL. But first things first, we will recap week two of college football. All in all, a good week. Um, I went six and four. Nick went three and three. Justin went four and two. So what we're going to do is we're going to each recap our games quickly, go down the list ourselves. Uh, so I started out with Coastal Carolina versus Kansas. This one looked a little suspect there. Um, to start, but they ended up pulling away in the second half, outscoring them twenty-one to seven. Uh, they ended up winning forty-four to twenty-nine. I'm sorry, forty-nine to twenty-two. Um, yeah, I mean, Coastal's good. Kansas did a lot better than I thought they would. Uh, but twenty-seven point win on a twenty-five and a half point spread, you'll take it. And then, I mean, the biggest one. I don't know when y'all are gonna wake up to it. I, it's like I, I got a. I got to like give y'all a map or something, but Boise state against UTEP, you know how many people were on UTEP other people that do what we do at a pretty high level. were very high on UTEP. Yeah. I don't know why. Extremely high. I'm talking money line high. What? <laughs> what? A money line. I it, saw um, that other dude, uh, O'Neill. Yeah. He was like my, my biggest play this week is probably gonna be UTEP money line. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they scored 13 points all game. 
It's Boise State, the first game back on the blue turf. They had six turnovers, three fumbles, three interceptions. What are we doing? Yeah, they lead the nation in yes. turnover margin. Yes, like what are we doing? I think I said they're extremely sloppy going into the game. I almost hit the score on the nose. I think I said <laughs> 55 to 10. It's 54 to 13. I don't know what y'all need, an invitation to wake up to Boise State? I mean, it's three years now. We're going on the third year. I, I, I don't know what it is. I could go back and look. But Boise covers 70% of the time. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet. In that first year, they were really good. I picked Boise week one of year one against Florida State and just haven't looked back since. It's like, why, why, would, why would you not take the free money? You know, it's like betting Alabama. You bet Alabama every week, you're going to come out ahead. You bet Boise every week, you'll come out ahead. Uh, yeah, no, it really wasn't close. Like I said, six turnovers. They went 54 to 13. They cover the spread easily. Um, and then another big spread. This uh, The bounce back games are where it's at. I'm telling you, Wisconsin. But this one almost legitimately gave me a heart attack. I'm not even kidding. My heart was beating so fast because they were trying to. They were covering all game. Uh, I can't even remember who the hell they were playing. I can pull it up, but they were covering. Eastern Michigan. Yes, Eastern Michigan. Covering the entire game. They had one first down. Eastern Michigan only had one first down the whole game. They pull Mertz. They put the backup in. And, I mean, they were covering by, I think it was, yeah, it was 27. They were up 27 to nothing. They're covering on a 25-and-a-half point spread. They bring in the backup. He throws a pick six, like a 99-yard pick six. Now they're up 20. Luckily, we get one more touchdown out of it, and then Eastern Michigan is driving and have a throw into the end zone, which would then cover the spread as time's expiring, and they didn't get it, and it was close. So that one was like the biggest sweat of the weekend by far. But a win's a win's, a, co- a cover's a cover. So Graham Mertz, though, did not look good. I see people raving about Graham Mertz after what he did against a shitty team like Eastern Michigan, he did not look good. He made safe throws, little check down throws, not pushing the ball downfield. They talk about this like like great arm talent, like top in the nation, recruit, all of that. I don't see it at all. It rem- like it reminds me of Bo Nix a little bit. Different, <laughs> different play styles, but like same bust. Hey, Bo Nix has been lighting it up. Yeah. Um, all right, BYU plus seven in the Holy War. This one was never in doubt. Uh, Utah turned it over way too many times in the right in the beginning. Couldn't get any momentum going. Uh, that place was rocking big time. Uh, yeah, plus seven, easy money. Ohio State and Oregon over 64, the most frustrating goddamn game of the entire weekend. Uh, zero points scored in the first quarter. We're sitting at 63 points scored with eight and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And there's not a goddamn point score for the rest of the game. So we had the over 64, and we miss it by a point. Two points, really, if you want to cash it. But two points, we miss it by. And it was the most frustrating part of my entire weekend outside of my lock of the week, Texas, minus six and a half. Horrible pick. I'll own it. Um, I'll formally apologize to Josh, our resident Arkansas fan, on the podcast. He has come on the podcast a couple times. Texas, minus six and a half. Not even ever once had a chance of covering. Uh, looks absolutely terrible for Sarkeesian. They don't look like they belong in the SEC. Uh, on the hot seat at this point. You can't <laughs> get beat like that. You can't get beat like that. Not in Texas. Not in Texas. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, we'll see what Arkansas does. But Yeah. But then Pitt minus three. Narduzzi gets it, gets it going there. Defense looks suspect in the beginning. 
Uh, Pickett looked really good on third down when he needed to. A couple mistakes here and there, but Pitt minus three, they cover. Michigan minus seven, they cover. Ran the ball like crazy. Um, Iowa State minus four and a half, they fucking suck. Uh, Purdy's terrible. Brees Hall fumbled on hit inside his own 10-yard line. Their offense is the most nauseating thing in the world to watch. Just this slow, we're not even going to get ahead of the chains ever, and score zero points. I hate Iowa State. And then my another terrible pick that I added. It wasn't. I didn't even give it out on the podcast. I added it on Twitter. Never should have done it. USC minus 17. Want to talk about being on the hot seat. 17-point uh, favorites against Stanford. Yeah, not even on the hot seat. They fired him. Todd Heldon's out. He deserves to be out. He sucks. That, that's an un- inexcusable loss. Uh, so I go six and four. Really should have been seven and three. Really should have been seven and three. Though at Ohio State, Oregon over is uh, I-, I could throw up. But six and four, I'll take it. It's a positive week. Uh, you can go ahead and recap yours, Nick. We had Army minus seven at ten thirty in the morning. <laughs> Army's up by twenty one with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. And the fucks let them back in. <laughs> Army only wins by a field goal. They allowed 21 points in the last 10 minutes of the game. Western Kentucky was able to score three touchdowns on three straight possessions. And Army was lucky enough to be able to kick a field goal um, on in between one of those possessions to co- to win the game but not cover. And then Georgia minus 24 and a half. I told y'all. We talked about this on the podcast and we're like, well, can you tell us if it's JT Daniels who has COVID? Yeah, well, he didn't. He had a freaking. Um, oh, you're right. You're right. That's right. He had another type of injury, like an abdominal injury or maybe a hip or something. But Stetson Bennett lit it up. He might have stole the job. No, not a chance. I uh, thinking he might have. Not a chance. Yeah. This was against a scrub team. UAB, I mean, UAB has a, a really okay, yes, yes, good yes, defense. Yes. UAB does have a good defense. They're not a scrub team, but it's not an SEC team. They've already did the Stetson Bennett experiment. I don't, yeah, but he did well earlier in the year. And then he shit the bed. Well, they put too much pressure on him against Alabama last year. They should have leaned on a run in that game, and that's why. I don't know if he stole the job. I don't. Think I'm thinking it's going to be hard to put Bennett back, um, I mean, um, Daniels back in there. And, and depending on how long he's out, you know. Well, they like, play South Carolina this week, right? Yeah, and that won't be close. Well, if you ask Justin, South Carolina has a top five defense in the nation. So, <laughs> yeah. I guess <laughs> statistically, I guess they might. But, um, yeah, we'll find out and see because it's an SEC opponent. Uh, we'll see if he can keep it going. And then I had California plus 11 and a half as my lock of the week. They were playing TCU. And they got out to a 12-point lead. The dipshits did the two-point conversion thing that I uh, complain about so much. They should have just kicked that extra point. Yeah, don't go for two until you need it. Yeah, until it's the end of the game and you know like yeah. you're going to need it. Well, they ended up losing this game by two, but if, the, if they could tackle, they would have won this game. What was the money line, do you know? Um, plus 335, plus 340. Really? I was on it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so that would have been a nice bonus but uh i i did i hit a big bet with this one and then new mexico state i couldn't really watch this game i was trying to find a way to watch it i caught little glimpses of it uh they were playing new mexico uh and they ended up losing by nine mm-hmm. new mexico state plus 18 and a half georgia state tried to warn myself i tried to warn everybody about this team 
And right after we got off the air, I was like thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, that might be a bad pick because Georgia State's secondary is terrible. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they got exposed. And the offense almost did enough. But they could never really get it going in this one to keep it close enough. So they got smashed. Yeah, Sam Howell and them were lighting them up. 59-17. Miami minus nine against App State. Miami just made too many mistakes in this game to cover the whole nine. I really don't like Miami. Like, oh, I don't like them either. But um, you I just look at the game. I didn't watch this game, but what did, did you? App I mean, State you, didn't have too much success running the ball. No. They had a little bit of success run success running the ball, but the biggest thing was Miami couldn't convert third downs and. Uh, I thought De'Eric King was going to have a better day running the ball against this team, and he didn't. Uh, the special teams. That's my biggest question. Can he run with his knee? Yeah, he, he looked like he got it going a little bit towards the end. I haven't seen end. him. Is, he, it, is it the talent level difference? Because he used to run like crazy in Houston. No, I don't know what it is, but there's something going on over there. I think maybe getting smashed by Alabama hurt whatever they thought they were going to be this year. And then on special teams was the biggest difference here. App State returned a kickoff for, for a touchdown here, and that's wh where the cover got failed. Because mm -hmm. uh, Miami won by two points, 25-23. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's three and three on the weekend. I hit my lock. Yeah, which which helped you. Um, all right, Justin, recap your games. Uh, first game I had Coastal Carolina with you. Um, that game got a little scary at the end, I think. Um, ended up covering. Then Army blew a 21-point lead, so me yeah, and Nick lost that. Yeah, you and Nick were both on that one. Uh, Air Force, they pulled it away in the second half. That covered minus five and a half. Liberty minus four, that one covered. Texas. We've, yeah, we already yeah, know. Yeah, sorry, Josh. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about this one now. This you, was... Uh, your lock of the week. South Carolina. This is a heart attack game. South Carolina minus two and a half. This was a fishy line, I felt like. I think we talked about it. Why were they only two and a half point favorites? I was bouncing back and forth. Yeah. yeah they're underdogs at first. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the final score was. I can pull it up here shortly. Um, I think it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, was it? They won. They covered by a half point on a walk off field goal. Oh, that's right. Yep, it was twenty to seventeen. Yep. Um, South Carolina was two of twelve on conversion downs. Two of twelve. They had three turnovers. And it was basically neck and neck in the... Well, East Carolina wasn't good on third down either. No, they were not. They were worse. They were 3 of 17 <laughs> on con on conversion downs. 2 of 16 on third, 1 yeah, of 1 on fourth These down. teams, like, punted the ball an abnormal <laughs> amount. It was like 10 punts each or something. Yeah. Um, if you could go back in time, would you make this pick again? No, that was a terrible game. I mean, that was, <laughs> it was hard to watch, but... Something's obviously they knew something about Carolina. I think you, you squeaked out. You squeaked out a lucky one here, um, but they knew something about Carolina. The books, the bookmakers. Well, dude, I'm gonna be honest with you. These book the, this year. I mean, I don't follow every game and the result of it, but the ones that we bet on, I look at them pretty closely, and they've been spot on with a yeah. lot, like more than usual, 
for the ones that I pick, you know, usually it goes one way or the other. No, they're even hitting the total on the number. Yeah. It's, um, they've been doing a good job. So we need to look into that. Yeah. It's impressive. FBI. Come on. Yeah. No, something's up. Um, but yeah, so way wrong about the Texas, Arkansas ones. That that is true. Yeah. I mean, can't get them all. I mean, Georgia too, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously they're not going to be spot. Well, this freaking single one, this one was plumbing. They were way off with Boise. This one was plummeting, and I told you, I said, UAB is probably not even going to be able to get across a 50, and they might have done that two times. And they scored when Georgia let the dogs off of them. They, Georgia was up 56 nothing on these bums. Yeah, well, I told you all Eastern Michigan against Wisconsin would be lucky to lucky to put any points up on the board, damn near. They had one first down. It took a fucking pick six to score points. A pick six by the backup quarterback. Came in for one drive. <laughs> one drive and tried to fucking throw the game away. Um... So overall, that brings me to 12, 11, and 2. That brings Nick to 9, 7, and 1. And that brings Justin to 11 and 7. Uh, Big Easy Bets are locks of the week. Uh, I am 2 and 1. Nick is 2 and 1. And Justin is 3 and 0. That's damn good. That is, I mean, 100% for Justin and then 66% for me and Nick. Obviously, small sample size, but that's off to a very good start. All right, week three, college football. Who wants to go first? I'll go first because right. I have a um, twelve. Okay, 12 give me one. Give me, give me your first one. First one of the day, Cincinnati versus Indiana. Okay, I was curious if you were going to go back to this one. This line feels fishy as well. What did it open up at? What did it open up at? Cincinnati is now four point favorites. It opened up at Cincy like minus three, minus one and a half. Are you sure? Yeah. Eighty-five percent of the money's on Cincinnati. Was it minus one and a half? I didn't think it was that low. Um, but even then, that's more fishy. Why? Hmm? Why or is it? Why did it open so low? Because Indiana has not looked good. No, they haven't. But I think you look at that that Iowa game, which is the only significant game they've played so far. There was like three touchdowns returned for, uh, or three intercepts, maybe two or three. It might have been only two. Return for uh touchdown interceptions. Yeah, but Penix Juniors look like shit. Yeah, but when you consider the strength of their team is their defense, and then, you know, if if they don't throw those interceptions, you know what what does the score end up being in that Iowa game? They probably lose, but they're not gonna get stomped like that. Like to me, the biggest thing in football and in really any sport, mainly football though, is momentum. Mm-hmm. Find little ways to steal momentum. Obviously, a pick six is one of the biggest momentum boosts that you can get. So, Indiana, I think a lot of people must still believe that they're somewhat of a good team. They're at home and they're they're they opened as underdogs and now they're even bigger underdogs. Yeah. So, what side are you on? And this is your first game of the day. Which side are you leaning? Um. I placed this bet yesterday, so I caught it at minus three and a half. Uh huh. In favor of Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I don't know. That's feel. That seems. It smells. It smells. It doesn't smell good. Something's up. This is like it's got South Carolina written all over it. On paper, you're like South Carolina should kill. Uh, whoever the fuck it was ECU. Cincinnati should kill Indiana. They just got shit canned by Iowa. Cincinnati's known for defense. Iowa's known for defense. I think Cincinnati has a better offense than Iowa. Iowa's yeah, offense is... Yeah, but a different one, though. But still, Iowa's offense is, like, difficult to watch sometimes. But it it, it got going. It did against Iowa State, yeah, it did. Which uh, is a really good defense. It is, but 
I still think Cincinnati is better offensively and I would say equally, if not better, defensively. And they and Iowa destroyed Indiana. Like it wasn't even close. So I don't know. It it seems weird. Are you on this game? No. <laughs> well, okay, why do you say it like that? No. This line sounds fishy. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm saying like like I guess like you know at first glance you'd be like, okay, give me Cincinnati, but you gotta remember that it's it's in Indiana. Is it Indiana's first home game? No. No. They, no, it's not. But still it's it's a huge game. Um and Indiana was a team that played well, last not year. a really close game, but a fairly close game with Ohio State last, last year. Last year, yeah. Penix Jr. was like a like a dark horse Heisman candidate. And a lot of those ACL. players are back, so but he they looks still, like shit to start. Yeah, in that first game, he looked really bad. Yeah, he's 25 of 47, but he's 224 in, passing yards. I heard he was playing picks. with an injury then. Okay. Like he was a gimp out there. So, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stay away from it. It smells fishy. But at first glance, it was like, oh, give me Cincinnati, without a doubt. So, um, but yeah, so you got him three and a half? Yep. Okay. I mean, Cincinnati might be a little bit overrated. I guess this will be the game that you'll be able to tell for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And how's that going to work? He's got to take it four since it's at four now, huh? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask for. For the podcast, yeah. Because nobody else can. I mean, you got your bet, obviously, at three and a half. But I would say, would you still give it out at four? Yeah, because whenever people hear this, it's going to be at four. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. So at four, at a four point spread, you would still take Cincinnati. Yes, okay. I think Indiana's going to have a tough time scoring the ball. They should. Yeah, I mean, um, all right. Give me. Actually, I'll go because his first one was on Saturday. I have a Friday game. UCF at Louisville. Louisville's at home. Uh, seven point underdogs. I mean, we saw UC. I mean, we saw Louisville when we uh, bet on Ohio. Dude. When we bet on Ole Miss, Matt Corral, they lit it up. I mean, Louisville stood zero zero chance of stopping that offense, and now they're facing an offense very similar in terms of they like to air it out. Dylan Gabriel is one of the most talent, talented quarterbacks in the country. We know what he's going to bring to the table. The biggest difference in UCF this year so far is the improvement on defense. They held Boise to 5-16 of 16 on conversion downs and only 20 yards rushing, which obviously we know Boise abandoned the run. But still, less than one yard per carry on the ground was impressive. The secondary is susceptible uh, to get beat deep and just kind of they, they can struggle to cover receivers from time to time. Louisville, Malik, McHale, Cunningham, take your pick, whichever one you want. He doesn't want to throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. He wants to run. I, the weakness of UCF is their secondary. I don't think it's going to matter. Cunningham's that bad of a quarterback that it's not going. He's not going to be able to attack him down the field, and especially if this game gets in a shootout, zero chance that they can keep up with Dylan Gabriel in the uh, Golden Knights. Uh, Louisville's coming off of a thirty to three victory over Eastern Kentucky. If not for turnovers, the game would have probably been much closer than it was. Uh, Louisville was only four of fourteen on third down. Cunningham is just not good enough to keep this game close. Give me UCF minus seven on the road. Dylan Gabriel's going to throw for five hundred passing yards. Yeah, I'm on this one as well, and what I have written down is that Dylan Gabriel is greater than Malik Cunningham. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Sometimes I'll do that same thing. UCF is converting at a 57% rate on third down. 
Louisville is converting at a 34% rate. Which is terrible. When you consider those numbers, I always say, this is going to, like, I feel like if you, there's going to have some, be some good fortune for Louisville to even have a chance to co- cover this spread in here, you know? So, so like some fumbles or something like that. But, and another thing is, is this year, you, you said, yeah, UCF can air it out. They have the athletes and they have Gabriel with the strong arm. But what's new this year with UCF is uh, Gabriel can is running the ball more, mm-hmm. and he's doing it efficiently. And also, UCF as a as a whole is running the ball more with Miles on as their play caller. Yeah, he was running all over Boise. They, Boise so, didn't have an answer, and then he uh, he tried to go run it in for the two point conversion, and barely got stuffed. I do think that UCF can have some success running the ball on the early downs. Uh, Louisville's defense is rush defense is decent, but not very good. On first down, they give up 4.9 yards per carry in the running game. So if UCF can say I have the chains and convert efficiently on fourth down, then I don't think that Louisville will have much of a chance to cover here. Yeah, no, I, I feel really good about this one. I really do. I almost made it my lock of the week. So UCF minus seven. All right, let's see. Um, all right, give me give me another one, Justin. Um, my next one is Michigan State and Miami, and I'm going with the Spartans at plus six and a half. No, I got it. I got it six. Well, I just placed the bet at plus six and a half. Literally just now. Yeah, today. Okay. Like right before I got here. Did it drop a half a point? You gotta you gotta look at the books. Yeah, but you got to pull up more than just one. I know. I uh, I'm just looking at CBS right here. Yeah, ESPN's got it at six. Yeah, they are always off. I don't know about that. I do. I don't know. What game is this? Miami, Michigan State? Yeah. Miami and Michigan State is... I don't know why I can't find it. What time do they play? 11? Yes. At it's Miami. at six. <laughs> it's at six and a half. It's six right there. Well, I got it at six and a half. Well, what do you? I mean, what does that mean? That means that's what I placed the bet at. So, but he got it at six, and it's at six on the book. So for both, are on you this saying game, you we might, might as well? Are you saying he needs to take it at six and a half? No, he's got Michigan State. He should want it at plus six and a half. Yeah, I'll go with six and a half. Oh, I thought you said you're on Miami. No. Oh. Uh. I'm about to find it. <laughs> Did you sprinkle any money line bets? No, but this is one I would consider because yeah. I'm on Michigan State as well. I sprinkled a little money line. Do you got anything to say about it? Um. Yeah, I think Michigan State's got a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, you can still find this at at most at some books at plus six and a half or or six and a half. I mean, keep an eye on it because you think it'll grow. I mean, a lot more? of money's on. Um, it might shrink more. Yeah, a so lot of money's on um Michigan State. So you're you're on Michigan State, Justin? Yeah. Okay. But yeah. whatever, six six and a half. I'm just letting you know personally. I've already placed this bet at six and a half. Okay. Um, and the reason is because Michigan State has a strong running game, one of the best in the nation. 
led by Kenneth Walker III, a transfer from Wake Forest. I think Miami's probably going to try to, obviously the key for them is to stop the run, and they're going to try to force Peyton Thorne to make plays in the passing game, and I think he's capable. Michigan State's defense so far is okay on third down, but they showed a susceptibility on fourth down. They've allowed their opponents to convert eight of the nine fourth downs this season. Overall, though, I think if Michigan State runs a football and takes care of it, don't turn it over, then they'll have a chance to win this game. And I think that's plenty enough to cover the six or six and a half. Okay, so y'all are both on Michigan State plus six and a half. Um, All right. My next one is number one team in the nation, Alabama, at number 11, Florida, over under, currently sits at 58 and a half. Um, Unless it changed, that was last I saw it at. Now I see 59. Um, So spread is uh, 14 and a half in favor of Bama, obviously. Are either one of y'all taking this? Yeah, I'm on this game. Yep. You are? Um, All right. I said it before, right when the season started, uh, before I'm always looking for uh, years past, I would look at these large spreads in favor of Alabama, and I would look at the other side. It is a lot of points. Alabama's far and away the best con- best team in the country. It's not even close. Two weeks ago, they were saying Florida found their replacement for Kyle Trask and Emory Jones. They said he's their guy. Mm, maybe not. After going 14-22 for 151 yards and two interceptions, they sat him down. Anthony Richardson, true freshman, came in, stepped in and lit it up on the ground and through the air. Uh, but Mullen claims that Jones is still the starter. Do I mean, do we really think that either of these guys are going to hang with Alabama? Not a chance. Jones is uh, – Emory Jones' accuracy by the analytics, 55% on his throws, and then Richardson was like 34%. Small sample size, obviously, but his – and that's not completion percentage. That's accurate throws. Um Neither one are accurate enough to to dice up this Alabama defense. They're saying that this is one of Florida's stronger defenses in quite a while. Todd Grantham obviously likes to send a lot of pressure. Bryce Young, I can't give you the exact stat, um, but I saw it earlier today, is absolutely lighting it up against any type of pressure situations whenever he's getting rushed or blitzed. He's completing uh, an ungodly percentage of his passes um the offensive line is the biggest question mark for Alabama I don't think that it is a big enough deal for this game to be close Ventrell Miller on the Florida defensive side of the ball he's basically their quarterback of the defense linebacker uh questionable but it's looking like he's trending towards doubtful will probably be out for this game uh they were already started talking about who else was going to need to step up in this one I am going to take Alabama minus 14 and a half, and then I'm going to take the over 59. I think Bama could hang 40 on them, to be honest, easily. So I think Bryce Young's the real deal. I don't think Emory Jones is good. I've gone on the record many a time saying that I don't think he's a very good quarterback. And then do we really think if they do roll with the true freshman who has all of the potential in the world, but do we really think that he's going to come in uh, and really the first big game, second game of his college career that he would see any action just about. I think he might have threw – yeah, no, it would be the second game of his of his college career and against Alabama, the number one team in the nation. I don't see him having very much success. It is a home game for Florida, be 80,000-plus people there, but I don't think it will really matter. Which side are y'all on? I'm on Bama, minus 14 and a half. What about you? Yeah, I'm on Alabama, and like you said – 
Florida's overrated. Uh, their quarterback play has not been good. You've been a uh, an Emory Jones. Um, well, well, he hasn't played. He's played FAU and US and uh, South Florida. Who, let's be honest, he's thrown two touchdowns and four interceptions in those games. It's not good. Now you got to play Alabama. I yeah, I just see no way for Florida to be able to score. They'll have to score. I think they 40, 40 points or thirty five points for this game for them to have a chance to cover. Yeah, it would have to be a shootout. So, yeah. I think they score late to make it look not as bad as it is. Um, I think Bama could very easily be up twenty eight points in the first half. In my opinion, might be a little extreme, but I think Alabama's that far and away better than any other team in the country. That if they want to win by forty, they could win by forty. Uh, I think. They will take their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. Florida will get a late touchdown, and I'm thinking that'll help hit the over. Uh, but I don't think it'll matter in, when it pertains to the spread. I think Alabama first half bet wouldn't be bad. Uh, oh, yeah, like minus eight, minus seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. minus eight. Yeah, or I mean, nine, probably. Yeah, eight I mean, yeah, I can't say that I think they could be up 28 in the first half and say that I don't like that bet. Um, but I'm just going to go full full game spread. I'm going to take the 14 and a half and then over. Over 59. Yeah, but then to say like something like, okay, Emory Jones is going to start this game, and the reason is is because it would be such a stupid idea to start your freshman quarterback who has a lot of potential against Alabama. For his first start, yeah. Do you want him to get beat the shit out of and get smashed to nothing? And get his confidence just completely shattered. We might see a little bit of him, but I I don't think it's much. I think the smart play here for Florida is to let – Maybe let Emory Jones blow it here, and then mm-hmm. and then look. that kind of opens the door for the guy who they probably think is the future. Right. So that's what I think would happen here. And either way, if it doesn't matter, like you said, it doesn't matter who's playing. I don't. I just don't think they'll have enough to keep up with them. Yeah. No. Alabama's too damn good um, on every aspect of the game. Like I said, their weakest link is their offensive line. It's been a little too much pressure on Bryce Young, but I don't think it matters because he's proving that. Um, he's proven that with pressure in his face, he can make all the throws. So if they can give him time, it's only going to go that much. It's going to go even better for him. Uh, obviously, Tank, Todd Grantham does like to draw, uh, draw up a bunch of different stunts and all of that on the D-line, and he's going to throw him some different looks that he hasn't seen yet in his short college career, but I really don't think it's going to matter. I don't think this game will be close in Florida. It could be on Mars. I think Alabama's the better football team far and away. I think they're going to win big. And then on top of that, Alabama came out flat last week against Mercer. And we're still up 40 to nothing. At they were 55-point favorites. I don't think they ended up covering it. Yeah, and that just gives Saban something to chew them out about at yeah, practice. Yeah, you can believe they're coming out fired up. Yeah. Ready to smash them in the mouth. Like, you can say, oh, that crowd. I don't know, dude. To me, Alabama seems to get pumped up from the opposing team's crowd maybe even a little bit more than their own crowd. Probably so because they know they're so much better than everybody else, but everybody thinks they have a chance right. until like the first kickoff, and then it's obvious that they don't. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would take this. I mean, I don't even know how high I would take this spread. I think Bama could win by as much as they want to win by. So, I saw a Florida player tweeted at Alabama was like, "We're ready for y'all." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they couldn't even beat LSU last yeah. year. Um, and and that was with Trask. It was with a better quarterback, in my opinion. 
I, I, I don't I don't think either one of these guys are going to be able to get it done. So, yeah, I'm going to take Bama with the points and the over. Um, all right, are either one of y'all on the whiteout in Penn State? Auburn at Penn State. Yep. Penn State six-point favorites at home. First whiteout game in two years. First real test for Brian Harson, new head coach. Love Brian Harson, old Boise State coach. He left this past year, came to Auburn. And it's the uh, the first whiteout game for his mediocre quarterback, Bo Nix. On the opposite side of the ball, I've been skeptical of Sean Clifford, and I still am. I don't love Clifford at all, but I like James Franklin. James Franklin is for the people. He covers spreads when he can. But more than all of that, I just, I absolutely, I just hate Bo Nix. There's a, there's such a drastic difference between at home Bo Nix and on the road Bo Nix. Like, it's unbelievable how bad he is on the road. So in a whiteout game, a crazy environment, probably the most electric environment outside of Florida and Bama. I mean, that place is going to be going crazy. Penn State has weapons. Penn State has a good defense. That's the biggest thing. Uh, we saw them against Wisconsin, who obviously Mertz is no superstar, lighten it up, but they absolutely shut down and neutralized Wisconsin. I think Penn State's defense steps up big. I think Bo Nix proves everybody right that's skeptical of him. He uh, he fucking sucks. So I'm going to take Penn State with the points. Are y'all both on this? I'm not on it. No? Uh, I'm on it. I'm on Penn State. Um, Bo Nix, if you're one of our listeners – just know I gave you a shot the past two years, and I gotta I gotta get away from you. Yeah, I mean, I said I I, I I'll never I can't take Bo Nix. This will be the game that he lights it up, but I, I can't take Bo Nix. Can't do it. Different coach now, though. I mean, I do like Brian Harson a lot. I do. I don't think that uh, Malzahn was helping him at all. Yeah, but Malzahn is the offensive guy. Like, I mean, are you saying not putting it's him in positions to succeed? Putting him in tough positions. Yeah, I mean, like asking him to do stuff outside of his ability. Yeah. Because I know, I mean, they say Malzahn's a, a good, uh, and he's kind of showing it, I guess, with Dylan Gabriel, but that offense is a machine no matter who's the head coach. But, I mean, he's the guy who's supposed to be able to scheme all these great things. So, I don't know. I just, I don't think he's a good enough pocket passer, and he scrambles at odd times. His decision-making is weird. Um and then on the road, like I said, at home Bo Nix and on the road Bo Nix are two different people, completely different. I, I can't, I don't have the actual stats pulled up right now, but it's like alarmingly different how bad he is on the road. So at home, first wideout game in two years, I'll take, I'll take the Nittany Lions minus six. Um, yeah, right. I mean he's not having that bad of a year so far, but yeah, both but who, games have been who they played, yeah, like a FCS school and Akron, which both were at home. No, yeah, and they just beat a team 62 to nothing. But even then, I think he was, what was he, 12 and 19 passing? Like, Yeah, Auburn Auburn has a decent running back. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're a good rushing team. So, I mean, that's the thing you got to worry about. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I like Penn State's defense. Yeah, I didn't. Y'all have watched the Wisconsin-Penn State game. I didn't get to really look into that. So, I haven't seen Penn State. And I really haven't seen Auburn either, but I just know they've been putting 60 on these schools, so. Yeah, they're 60 to 10. I expect Auburn to try to run the ball here. To, I mean, it's going to be a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. The biggest way to get them yeah, to shut up is to drives. run run the ball on them and 
wear him out. So yeah, I mean he did absolutely light it up against Akron, but that's Akron. Uh, this is the first real test. He's proven on the road. He is not good. Uh, like I said, I do like Brian Harson, but I dislike Bo Nix more than I like Brian Harson. Um, so this is by no means my lock of the week, but I'll take Penn State in this one. And what's going to be a great game, a great environment, uh, pure college football environment for sure. Uh, all right, give us your next one then if you're not on this game. Tulane at Ole Miss. I was looking at this. I'm on this. Um, <laughs> taking Ole Miss. Justin's got like 23 games this week, so he's going to be on every one. I'm taking Ole Miss. It's the high-powered offense. Look, Tulane has looked good against Oklahoma, and then they smash the shit out of somebody else the next week. But I don't know. A lot's going to have to go right for them to be able to hang hang in this game. They're going to have to be perfect on offense. Yeah. So And Ole Miss's defense, that's what I'm saying, against – um. Uh, Louisville, their defense looked damn good, much improved. I think what will happen here is that Ole Miss will be the unstoppable force on offense, and it's going to make Tulane on offense do some things that are uncharacteristic of them, maybe try to do some things that they don't normally do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's going to be a failure. So... I just don't think that they'll be able to keep – like the the only chance for them to – their defense will have to step up and somehow get Ole Miss off the field on third down. This game's in Ole Miss? Yes. Um, was Kiffin back last week? Um, uh, no. Are you sure? Not positive, but I thought he was ruled out. Well, I know he was out with COVID. In the first game. Yeah. So I would assume he came back last week, but – was was it a – let me see. I want to see something. Was it an away game for them last week? It was – It was no, home. It was a it's home game. his third straight home game. Shit. Was Kiffin there or was this his first game back at I mean, the home stadium? Making... It's a big deal. Look, um, I'm, I'm leaning towards taking this one. He's going he's gonna to be the play caller, and the biggest thing here is that he's the best play caller in the country. I mean, it's not Sarkeesian, and it's – No, and it's not Ryan Day. Yeah. So – yeah, uh, I like I uh, like Ole Miss minus fourteen at home. Yeah, I'm a toddy toddy. I'm gonna take it too. Um, yeah, no, I think like you said, I think that Tulane is going to have a heightened sense of urgency on the offensive side of the ball and some ec- extra pressure on them to know that they cannot mess up because if they do, if you turn the ball over, it's a done deal. Just about they'll be lucky to get stops. And what was what was. Oklahoma was up. What were they up on Tulane? Three touchdowns or something at one point? Mm-hmm. It's like if Ole Miss gets up three touchdowns, they're putting a the pedal to the metal. It's yeah. over. Yeah, Kiffin's not taking his foot off the gas. They're not going to. So the the biggest thing here is that Tulane has been phenomenal with their third down defense this year. Mm-hmm. The only team of significance they've played is Oklahoma, who was probably a little bit overrated. I mean, last year Oklahoma struggled. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss stays ahead of the chains consistently. So, so I I just think that I think Ole Miss's offense is better than Oklahoma's. No, yeah, like I said, it give it gave me flashbacks of 2019 LSU, like a poor man's 2019 LSU offense. The receivers were so wide open, just with simple crossing patterns. Corral was putting the ball on the money. He's got that it factor. He can scramble too. I like Ole Miss a lot. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna hop on this as well. Uh, in his second year with the team, I mean, he's got Ole Miss making uh, – Kiffin's got Ole Miss making a lot of noise. 
So I like what they got going on over there. I'm going to take it as well. Um, I'm going to move on to my lock of the week. <laughs> Texas minus 26. It's not Boise. Texas minus 26. It could be crazy, but Texas just got embarrassed by Arkansas. Like I just said, it was a horrendous pick. I never should have picked them. They're not made for the SEC, but they're made to beat Rice. Uh, this is in-state rivalry game. Not Two teams not on the same level, but two teams that don't like each other. Arkansas absolutely manhandled Sarkeesian in the Longhorns. I think he's going to need to show his offensive prowess in this one and make a statement. There's a lot of booster club members that don't like to lose over there in Texas. They're still living in the Vince Young days. They still think they're a contender every year, year in and year out. It's like the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Texas is mad. I think they win big. Uh, I don't think this game will be close. Give me Texas minus 26. Sarkeesian's got to make a statement. You on this one? I'm not. Good. 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 I don't want anybody else on this one. Uh, This is a makeup from last week. Um, all right, give me your next one, Justin. Um, I'm on Coastal Carolina minus 14 <laughs> versus Buffalo. All right, why is that? I'll probably take Coastal Carolina every every <laughs> week this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about Buffalo football, but I know a lot about Buffalo basketball. And if they play anything like their basketball team, look out. Um, yeah, I, I mean, are you on this one? No. It's a big spread road game for Coastal. They didn't look super sharp last week, but they are damn good. So, yeah, last week is a little scary. How did um? I kind of caught glimpses of this game and and the end I seen, but how did um? Candace Fair running the ball against them? Uh, the quarterback was having success. Um. I can get you the official stats. It's hard for me to fucking revert back. And uh, that, so Kansas ran the ball 38 times for 174 yards, 4.6 yards of carry, no turnovers. And they won the possession battle time of possession. Um, but Oh, a five on fourth down seven to 15 on third down. That did not help whatsoever. But so, yeah, I mean, they didn't dominate them on the ground, but I mean, over four yards of carry. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like Coastal a lot. Coastal's got that same Boise State feel. Could be because they both play on shades of blue home fields. I don't know. But Coastal is good. Grayson McCall's damn good. Dual threat. Very accurate passer. And they've got weapons. So I'm not touching this one, but I could see why. Why you're taking it, I guess. It's hard to not bet Coastal every week, like you said. All right, what is your next one? Um... Oklahoma State at Boise State minus three and a half. <laughs> Oklahoma State hasn't looked good against two not very good teams. Both of these teams have struggled on third down, but if I'm going to bet on one of them to figure it out, it's Boise State and Hank Bachmeyer on the blue turf. At home, on the blue turf. Y'all are finally waking up. A key thing I mentioned is um, took three years. Boise State's forced 11 turnovers in the first how many games have they played? Two? Dose, yeah. So that's a lot of freaking turnovers. Um, I mean, granted, they just played UTEP and got six, but yeah, no, I mean. Spencer Sanders has a it, history of turning the ball over. So I'm confused, though. So he, is he the starting quarterback? Yes. Who is Illingsworth? Um, 
some guy that was playing when Bit Sanders was banged up with something. Okay, because he threw the ball 40 times. Yeah, he played in the first game. And Sanders also leads their team in rushing. And yards. then Sanders came back and he played against Tulsa. And Tulsa is not very good this year. And they had to come back from down three scores to win this one. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it worries you a little bit because Boise blew a three-score lead, but that wasn't on a blue turf. I just think at home, Boise's a different animal than they are anywhere else. Yeah, definitely. Once they they get on that blue turf, their jerseys start blending in with the field. They're all jacked up off the potatoes and shit over there. I don't know what they got going on, but whatever they're doing is working. So, yeah. Andy Avalos, this is a good chance for him to make another statement. Uh, Big 12 school coming in. I'm on it as well. It's but, my lock. Is it? I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. I mean, should I? Y'all have been negligent to Boise for three years now. Whatever. I bet Boise sometimes. Nah, I mean, you can count on one hand. Yeah, but I don't bet, I'm ever, I don't bet any team like, like 10 times a year or anything like that. It's Boise State. So, I mean, we can go back and look at the uh, the winning, the cover percentage, but that's what I'm saying. I think it's over 70. It might not be, but I think it is. Uh, Justin, are you on this one? I am not. Good. <laughs> Good. I, I don't need both of y'all on Boise. Um, all right, give me your next one then. Um, I'm going with Florida State plus five against Wake Forest. Interesting. You know Florida State sucks, right? Yeah, but it's uh, going to be a bounce-back game. You think so? Yeah. Mackenzie Milton's got to pick it up sooner or later. Yeah, what did he even do last week other than I know they lost to Jacksonville State? Did he start the whole game? He played the whole game? I don't know. Did he, Justin? I'm not sure. Well, that's a problem. Let's see. I know they lost. Um, He... And one of their yeah, players Jordan, proposed after the game. Yeah, I saw that. Lost. Jordan Travis came in and apparently threw three passes. Like I said, I didn't watch this game. I'm not on this game. Uh, McKenzie Milton was 18-31, 133 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's bad. Yeah, that can't happen this week. That's not good against a terrible Jacksonville State team that got ran out the building by UAB. Um, they did have some success. At least Corbin had success on the ground, seven yards of carry, over 100 yards rushing, and he had a touchdown. Uh, I don't know much about Wake Forest this year. I haven't seen them yet. Haven't laid my eyes on them. All I know is they're two and zero. This game is on ESPN. I don't know how Florida State keeps getting these prime. It's not prime time, but it's on ESPN at two thirty. Uh, they keep putting them on ESPN. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be a bounce back spot for him. Norvell's got. If Norvell loses this game, he might get fired. So you deserve to get fired after the I Jacksonville agree. State game. Uh, but he's still there. So this is a a hot seat game for him as well. I would think. So it might be a good pick. You're not on this one? No, and I mean, Wake Forest, obviously they don't have um, Kenneth Walker anymore, who was their best player on offense. But they do have a decent quarterback who at times can make some plays. So, I mean, I, w- I would be worried here because, like, Florida State did play a close game against Notre Dame, but then it's like, how good is Notre Dame? Because who did they play last week? Notre Dame played Toledo and should have lost. Yeah, and they had a comeback at the very end to win, to win it, to score with like a minute left or something. Yeah, they did. Toledo, so, Toledo somehow, is good. Yeah, somehow Notre Dame still ranked, which I don't, I don't think they should be. I mean, they did win, um, but yeah, they haven't lost yet. So. Yeah, they um, they pulled out the win against Florida State. Um, 
Yeah, you're not going to lose your ranking when you're still undefeated if you were. But, I mean, I'm sure it's dropped. What are they at now? I think they're like 10 or 11. 12. Yeah, I don't know what they opened up at. 7, something like that. Um, yeah. So, so it doesn't look like Wake Force is as strong as a running team as they've been in the past, but... Yeah, I don't know. I I will. I don't like Florida State. So, I mean, they've shown nothing for me to say I'm rolling with them, except Mackenzie Milton gimped on in there and fucking covered the spread against Notre Dame. So that was frustrating to watch. Uh, but good story. Happy for him, I guess. Um, but what are they? They're getting five. Yeah, plus five. Okay. Um. All right. My last pick of the day is going to be Fresno State at number 13, UCLA. UCLA is 11.5 point favorites. I think people are too high on UCLA. They played uh, a horrendous Hawaii team that looked like absolute shit, and then they played us, LSU, who, just like last year, doesn't have their shit together in the beginning of the year. A lot of question marks. Looks really bad. People are calling for Coach O's head. It's eerily reminiscent to Mississippi State last year. Lit us up that first week. Mississippi State was ranked in the top 25. And then, oh, what do you know? They're terrible. Leach is not doing anything good over there. So I think this is maybe not as drastic of a drop-off coming for UCLA, but 11.5, Fresno State's got a really good offense. I don't think that – I think it's too many points. It just seems like too many points. Uh, I think they keep it close. Might have a chance to win there at the end. UCLA probably holds on, but I'm going to take Fresno State plus 11 and a half. Either one of y'all on this? No, but I was thinking about this one. If I were to bet it, I'd bet UCLA. Go ahead and take them. It might be one I add. But are you on this, Justin? No, but I do I do like the Fresno pick. I just think, I don't know. I don't believe in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He didn't show me anything spectacular against LSU. It was a lot of busted coverages that, I mean, any, a lot of quarterbacks can make those throws. It wasn't like he was putting the ball into tight windows, really. It was a lot of just, I mean, and we were just we were getting beat down in the trenches. So that is a question mark. Is Fresno State going to be able to hold their own in the trenches against UCLA? But I don't like Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He hasn't shown me enough yet. 11.5 seems like a lot. Fresno State kept it really close with Oregon, who proved that they're one of the top teams in the country after what they did to Ohio State. So we'll see. But I'm going to take them getting the uh, getting points there. All right, how many more y'all got left? I'm fa- I was finished. Last game of mine's Boise. Okay, Justin, how many more you got left? I have four. Four, okay. Uh, I guess do your lock of the week last, but give us your first three before that. Okay. Um, I'm going with Liberty again, back to the well, <laughs> minus 27 and a half versus Old Dominion. Who do they have? Who are they playing next week is the question. Because they just, yeah. Is it a big game? I don't know. I take it week by week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be, could be a look ahead spot. I mean, are they going to cover every damn week? What'd they win by seven this past week? Pretty damn close. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a good game. Maybe. Yeah, so let's see. They play. They got Syracuse next week in the Carrier Dome. Troy's legit, though. Who? Troy's a good team. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was just curious. Twenty-seven and a half is a lot, but I haven't I haven't looked at Liberty not at all. So Malik yeah. Willis is very good. He reminds me a lot of Derek King. 
I have heard that. His yeah. Houston days. Not think, as Nick was days. talking about He's him. He's a last better year. passer than King ever will be or ever yeah. was. You think I really haven't seen him very much at all. Who they did they beat Coastal in the bowl game? Liberty? Um yeah. Last year? Okay. I think that was like the first time I watched him. Yeah, it went into overtime. Yeah. Okay. So you're on them. Who else you got? Uh my other little bird team is uh UTSA. Minus 12 and a half versus Middle Tennessee. You say your other bird team? Yeah, they're all little birds. <laughs> Coastal Carolina, Liberty, UTSA. UTSA's Roadrunners. Yep. Is that a little bird? Yeah, it's a little bird. Well, in Looney Tunes, it's pretty big. Um, What's the spread there? Minus 12 and a half. Okay. You feel good about it? Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good pick. You think? Yeah. <laughs> UTSA's good this year. Do they they're, still have the LSU guy? Too. Um, I don't think... Do you know their quarterback is? Frank Harris. Is that? Franco Harris. The running back? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, give me your give me your third of your fourth. Uh, third one is BYU plus four at Arizona State, or versus Arizona State. They're coming to BYU. See, I looked at this one, and um, it's another big game for BYU. We just saw that environment. It was electric for the Holy War. Uh, is it Jaden Mc? No, it's not Jaden McDaniels. Who is it? Uh, quarterback for Arizona State. He's good. Is it Jaden McDaniels? It's either Jaden Daniels or Jaden McDaniels. I think it's Daniels. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's Jaden Daniels. Um, he's good. They still got Herm Edwards coaching. They should. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's Jaden Daniels. Yeah, he's good. Um, he can do it uh, through the air and on the ground, but. I do like BYU. We just saw what they did to Utah. That was a huge game. All guys good. Pau looked really good. The quarterback played well enough to get the win, but the defense looked really good. So probably a good pick, but it is that's going to be a good game. That's going to be one to watch. A late game, 9-15. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. I'm not going to touch it, but that is gonna, that'll answer some questions, I think, if BYU is the real deal or if, I mean, if it was just they were fired up for the Holy War. Um yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that pick by any means. All right, what is your? Give me your last one, and this should be your lock of the week, correct? Yep. Okay, let's hear it. And I'm going with San Jose State versus Hawaii. <laughs> going San Jose State minus six and a half. Are they at home? No. Nope. They're at. Oh, San Jose State, Nick Starkle. I would almost lean Hawaii. Hawaii's wow. on at home. At home with the pineapples. He doesn't know shit. <laughs> he don't know anything about Hawaii. Dude, you haven't pineapples. read the literature, bro. Jesus. I remember t- Nick talking about the pineapples last year. The pi- you God, obviously you don't. This is mm, 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 mm. No, it's always dangerous to bet on Hawaii. So, or bet against Hawaii when they're playing in Hawaii. Well, yeah, San Jose State. I mean, it's not a super far flight, I guess. They're right there in California. It's pretty far still. But, I mean, yeah, but it's not like going like from, I mean, I guess, I don't know. They probably don't play anybody outside of fucking California anyway. Um, but San Jose State just got dismantled by USC, who just got dismantled by Stanford, who just got dismantled by Kansas, <laughs> Kansas State. So um, <laughs> if you look at it that way, I don't know. Um what did, what did Stark will do against USC? Let's let's break he threw it down. A pick six. Did he? Or uh, yes. And he threw a pick six against he Southern threw, Utah as well. And he almost threw a pick six in the game they covered for me and Justin. Yeah, Southern Utah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Because I would have bet on them if they were called Northern Utah. Oh, wait, it was a pick six? 
Yeah, yeah. It, it was. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah he was, this is a. They're very wild. It's a very undisciplined team. I remember yeah, their quarterback that. squirreling. Yeah, but see, I like Cordero for Hawaii. I really do. I'm not even lying. I'm not even saying it just because you're on San Jose State. I would consider Hawaii in this game. Uh, 11:30 p.m. in Hawaii at home. I mean, this screams Hawaii in the pineapples. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to touch it. I'll defer to you um, for this one, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a tough one, you know. Yeah. Um, Hawaii is just not that good. So San Jose State needs to run the ball against them because that's how you beat Hawaii, and that's how you beat them convincingly. And they probably will be able to get pressure on Cordero, and we saw what happened with that. They should be able to. I feel like the USC game, they should have had, they should have covered that. I think if it was played again, they'd cover. It was just a lot of things didn't go their way, and it was kind of like. So many mistakes happened that it was just no way that they were going to have a chance. Yeah. You know? So they got out the game early. As long as they... San Jose State was good night games last year. They were good in every game last year. They were undefeated going into the bowl game, and then they got smashed by Ball State. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. They, uh, it does scare me because I, I, I'm not a fan of Hawaii this year, but I really I don't like to bet against them at home. I mean... Depending on how my day goes, I very well might add this game. This is the prototypical, I'm having a bad day, try to make it up on a late night Hawaii <laughs> game. This is this is exactly what will make or break your day and weekend right here. 11.30? 11.30. You're, you're sulking over how your day went. You're like, God damn it. You're looking, at, you're looking at your balance. You're like, shit. And then you're looking at that Hawaii game. You're like, hmm. Starts in 30 minutes. You're like, all right, fuck it. I'm going for it. So uh, I will very possibly give this game out on Twitter. But as of right now, I'm going to stay away. But so you are on, and it is your lock of the week. Yep. San Jose State minus six and a half on the road against Hawaii. Um, all right, I'll recap mine, and then Nick will recap his, and then Justin can recap his. Uh, so starting from me, UCF minus seven. Uh, then I got Alabama minus 14 and a half. And then I got the over 59. I got Boise State, minus three and a half. Ole Miss, minus 14. These are in no particular order. Penn State, minus six in the whiteout game. My lock of the week is Texas, minus 26 against Rice at home. And then I'm taking Fresno State, plus 11 and a half on the road against UCLA. Um, got Cincinnati, minus four. Michigan State, plus six. Coastal Carolina minus 14, Alabama minus 14 and a half, Florida State plus five, Liberty minus 27 and a half, UTSA minus 12 and a half, Penn State minus five, Ole Miss minus 14, BYU plus four, and my lock of the week is San Jose State minus six and a half. Okay, we went out of order there. That was Justin's pick. So, all right, now Nick. Yeah, I was staring at something because I am going to be up. I'd say there's probably a 95% chance that I add another bet or at least one. So the first game is on Friday. I'm with Logan here. I'm going with UCF. And then on Saturday, early in the morning at 11, I'm going to go with Michigan State plus six and a half. 
Going with Alabama, minus 14 and a half. Ole Miss, minus 14. And then my lock of the week is Boise State, what game minus you, three and a half. What game are you considering adding? Um, There's a few of them. So there was a few games that I just didn't want to get ahead of myself just yet. It's like San Diego State and Utah is a game I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, Two points in favor of Utah? It's San Diego State oh, at oh, home. Oh, in Utah. I'm thinking Nevada. I'm thinking the Nevada game. Yeah, um, I'm also looking at that one. Yeah, that's so, a two-point spread. Um, San Diego State's plus nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home. It'll be. I need to go look back and see what, what Utah's all about. Yeah, as always, when we give out any extra games, they are on Twitter. So if you're not following Big Easy Bets on Twitter, you need to. And you can message us and ask us about any particular game that we do not touch on. Um, but there you go. That are our, As of right now, those are our college picks for uh, week three. So, all right, NFL week one, it was a pretty wild week. Like we said, the Saints uh, absolutely proven everybody wrong. Um, but even more than that, I mean, there was a lot of other shit that happened, but – we can go ahead and recap real quick. The Thursday night game was a good one. Cowboys uh, plus eight and a half versus the Buccaneers. Me and Justin were on the Cowboys. Nick was on the Bucks. Cowboys realistically could have won this game. Obviously, they only lose by two. They should have been up by more at one point. But mistakes down at the end. Uh, they couldn't get it done, but they did cover the spread. So we'll take that. Started off on the right foot. Then we had Bengals plus three. This game was looking really good. Then they let the Vikings back into it. Joe Burrow pulls it out with a cold blooded audible at the line on fourth down ends up getting 30 yards out of it when it was like fourth and one fourth and two puts them in field goal range. They win in overtime. Uh, My big easy bet of the week lock of the week for the NFL was the giants plus three. They were hanging in there close. think they might've even scored first. And then that was about all they did. They go up seven, nothing, I think. And then that was it. Uh, Broncos defense took over. Giants couldn't get anything going on offense. So we lose there. Uh, One of the most head-scratching losses of the week. I had the Titans minus three. Chandler Jones beat them by himself, had five sacks in the game. He's on pace to shatter the sack record. Um, Was not expecting that to go the way that it did. The Titans, a lot of people had them as a dark horse to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Does not appear to be the case as of right now. We lose there, and then to cap off our third straight loss of the day or of the weekend, we had Ravens on Monday night, minus four and a half. They had every opportunity to cover this spread, every opportunity. Lamar, mm, I'm not even going to really dive into it all that much. He sucks. Uh, Four and a half, they don't cover the spread. Raiders almost lost in historic fashion after what looked like they got the winning touchdown. Turns out he was down inside the one-yard line. They had to come back out. After celebrating on the field, then a false start penalty uh, backs them up five yards. Derek Carr then throws a ball off of a Ravens defender's face mask, which catapults up into the air into the arms of another Ravens defender who was patiently waiting for it. And then they go down and Lamar turns it over again. And then the Raiders end up winning after all. Sigh relief for Derek Carr. Uh, I go two and three on the week. Nick, you had four games. Yeah, whatever you say, but I think the Bucs should have covered this game. I mean, look, let's consider how many times did the Cowboys get four turnovers? Let's talk about the turnovers, okay? So the first one comes after a missed field goal. A missed field goal is a huge momentum swing for the team that didn't miss the field goal. The following play is a fumble by Ronald Jones, a second. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know why he doesn't go by Ronald Jones Jr. <laughs> but anyway, he fumbled. He didn't even play much for the rest of the game. The Cowboys on that drive, did they score a touchdown? I think, yeah, they held him out the end zone, but they kicked the they field goal. They got in the red zone like three times and took they field They kicked goals. the field goal and made it. That's why I'm saying I feel like the Cowboys very well should have won this game. They got in the red zone Well, they were given times. nine points in the first half from turnovers because on the following possession, the Bucks Fournette can't catch. It bounces off his hands right into, mm-hmm. was it Jalen Smith? Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs. Um, that resulted in a in a touchdown. But yeah. then, like you said, the kicker, he missed the extra point. So that's nine points there. That's enough for the cover. And then not even considering what happens in the second half, Chris Godwin drops a wide-open touchdown. And then later fumbles. And then on the next drive, he fumbles at the two-yard line. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like you can look at it both ways. Um, the Buccaneers definitely could have covered, but I feel like the Cowboys could have won too. The, the offense looked damn good. No, yeah, they, def- they but, definitely surprised me. Dak played better Dak than won, I thought he would. but Dak won comeback player of the year in one game. So Yeah, maybe. I we'll mean, see. I don't know. It's a long season. Unless he falls off. I mean, if he plays even halfway Dak like he said, did. we'll see you in the playoffs, and I say, no, you won't. I mean, yeah. Will they go to the playoffs? Probably not. I think Lyle Collins is having some type of surgical procedure. Their offensive line is getting weaker before it's getting stronger. Um, they didn't even try to run the ball with, with Zeke. They just basically just waved that off altogether. Didn't even remotely give it a shot. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got in the red zone multiple times and it stalled out. Um, CD lamb dropped two critical passes on the first drive that would have resulted in points, but it did not. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, two point loss. And it was, a. I mean, Tom Brady let him on a drive, right. To go kick the field goal at the end. Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. But I mean, the bucks have multiple opportunities to, they were up by two for the most part in the second half, and they had two opportunities that should have resulted in touchdowns, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, just me looking at it, considering that the Bucks turned the ball over four times, like this game wouldn't have been close if that doesn't happen. Okay, what else did you have? Um, Bengals plus three, overtime thriller. And uh, we got kind of lucky here because I was pretty close to going on four. Uh, Dalvin Cook may or may not have been down, but the ruling on the field was a fumble, and it was a ruling that wasn't able to be overturned because it, there wasn't clear evidence that he was down. So I got lucky with that one. Steelers, Bills, Bills can't score. I had the over 48-and-a-half. At one point I was rooting for overtime, and if the Bills would have been able to put something together, it might have been able to help me. But uh, they 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 didn't. They struggled on offense, and the Steelers kind of struggled too. But I was expecting the Bills to be able to move the ball a little bit better here. And and I guess in a result of that, I thought was going to be that the Steelers would be forced to throw the ball downfield, and that didn't happen. So I think there was only thirty nine points scored in this game. Um, the Ravens minus four and a half. We gave this out before. Gus Edwards went down with a tor- torn ACL. Yeah, and, that's true. And Peters. And Marcus Peters. I think if those players play, the Ravens win this game by double digits. So Yeah, because the Ravens never really wanted to kick. Uh, I mean, never really wanted to commit to the run game, it didn't seem like. 
Uh, there was a Latavius Murray sighting. He did get a touchdown. And then Tyson Williams, or Tyson, as they want to say every time, he also got a touchdown. He looked good. He looks quick out the backfield. But they never really fully committed to it. They wanted to make Lamar sit in the pocket and be a pocket passer, and he's just not. So um, Ravens had ample opportunities to go up two scores in this game late in the second half and could not do it. Uh, Justin, you had four games as well. Yeah. Um, I was on the Cowboys with you, Logan. Uh, that game it was a good game. Cowboys covered easy. Uh, Dolphins. <laughs> What? I mean, I wouldn't say they covered easy. We just broke it down on why they didn't cover easy. But, but yeah, no, I mean. Yeah, well, you posted on Facebook, never a doubt. Yeah, of course. There wasn't a doubt when Goblin was at the two-yard line about to score. No. Or there wasn't a doubt when the ball fell right through his hands. No, any winning game is never in doubt. Yeah, I guess not. Win's a win. Uh, (laughs) Dolphins plus three, that one hit. Giants plus three, that was a very frustrating game. Weren't even close. And then Panthers minus four. That was my lock of the week, and that one hit. That was against the Jets, correct? Yeah, Jets tried to come back at the end. They did. That was a shit yeah. game. Yeah. What was it? Sixteen to what? Ten or no? Yeah, something. Yeah, 15, it was fifteen, fifteen nine or fifteen ten. It was something terrible. It was because I covered it was, by it was nineteen half a to point. nineteen to fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, let's see. Darnold, 19-14. Darnold was 24-35, one touchdown, no picks. Um, and then Zach Wilson struggled, 20-37, two touchdowns, one interception. Kind of got to go in there late. Uh, he, it's like he has really impressive-looking drives or just really bad-looking drives. So, But obviously it's his first game. He's a rookie. Uh, all right, we look ahead to week two. Thursday matchup is the New York football giants going to take on the Washington, in parentheses, Redskins football team. In Washington, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home are the football team. Which side are y'all leaning? Um, I'm not betting the spread. I'm going to take the under 40-and-a-half. Under 40-and-a-half, really? Yeah, I think it'll be um, 22 to 19. No, 21-19 or maybe 21-17. I think it hits 40 exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to hit 39. Okay. So if it gets below 39, wave 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 it off. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, a lot of injuries for the Giants. Evan Ingram is looking like he's going to be out. Saquon Barkley obviously is going to have a questionable tag on him this week, but he should be good to go, but coming back from that knee injury. Uh Fitzpatrick for the football team is out. Put him on IR, so Heineke's back in. What did he do um when he came into the game? I didn't really get to watch this one. I know Justin Herbert made a couple good plays late. Um, didn't last year he do kind of well? Well, he played one game in the playoffs. He almost beat the Buccaneers. Yeah. I mean, he gave him a game. Uh, Heineke was 11 for 15, 122 passing yards, and one touchdown. No picks. Uh, it's pretty solid. Stepping in, not expecting to come in and play. Versus, I would say, a, a pretty decent defense in the Chargers. Bose off the edge. Derwin James back there at safety again. Uh, they always seem to have decent cornerbacks. So, that's something to... Uh, keep an eye on, I guess. We'll see how he does in his second official start. I think I'm going to take the Giants. I don't really want to. Um, I don't like the total. That's not a lot of points at all. But, I mean, both these teams are probably not going to score very many points. But uh, can I? what's the official word? Justin, give me your pick first. Let me get an official word on a well, Saquon. Well, um, I am also on the Giants plus three and a half, you said? Yes. Yeah. Plus three and a half. Um, 
I think Daniel Jones is going to have a pretty good game this week. Uh, I don't know about Saquon. I know he's pretty frustrated with being limited. And yeah. I don't know how many touches he's going to get again. But I think amongst, like, Sterling Shepard and Kenny. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney. Um, There's another one. Evan Ingram is is apparently out. Um, but you said Shepard? Yeah. Yeah, I mean – this says here that Saquon is unlikely to be in parentheses in quotes, totally unleashed against Washington. It is a short week, quick turnaround for a Thursday night game against a really good Washington defense, really good D line. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. Three and a half. I mean, I feel like this is going to be like a three point game. That half point is, is swaying me towards the Giants' side. Um, I don't really like the total and I don't really like the spread. So, but I think I'm gonna take the Giants. Uh, a lot of people were somewhat high on Daniel Jones, I guess, this year. Felt like he was gonna have a better showing uh, this season due to the fact that he has more weapons now. And I do like the Giants' defense, like we were saying, talking about they didn't look great against Denver. But I, I'm gonna take the Giants plus three and a half. I don't like it, but I'll take it. If you had to pick a side on the Redskins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really would. And if this goes on a three, then I'll definitely be on the Redskins. Yeah, I don't know. But I, mean, I don't think it will. So We'll see what – Uh, I know McLaurin didn't do much. I just think that the Redskins pass rush is going to be like – that's going to be way too much for the Giants to get anything going. And then obviously the Redskins on offense, bringing in their backup who has shown flashes, I mean – he really had to do a lot on his legs against the Buccaneers to keep that game close in the playoffs, which also had a really good pass rush. So, I mean, I guess you can look at that and say, well, maybe he can make some magic happen. I just think the Redskins pass rush, they got monsters up there mm-hmm. with um, Chase Young and who's the other guy, Montez Sweat? Is that his Sweat's name? coming yeah. off the other end, but then they got uh, the D-tackle from Bama. So he was like the best Jonathan Allen. Yeah, he's. Uh, and then maybe whose hand? Uh, that might be another one, one of yeah. the D tackles. So they're stacked in the D line, big time. I just think there's gonna be a lot of pressure on Jones. This isn't a game that I see him getting it going. Yeah, I mean. And then the the Washington is at home. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, that half point is a lot of these. Both of these teams lost. Yeah, they did. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Washington lit it up against offensively against uh, the Chargers. They scored 16 points. I know it is tough having your backup come in once the starter unexpectedly goes down. And he didn't look bad when he stepped in. So, I mean, 11 to 15, 122 yards and a touchdown is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, but I don't know. I mean... First quarter, they got a field goal. That was it. Second quarter, they come out and get another field goal. And then, uh, so two field goals in the second quarter. So they didn't score a touchdown on offense. And then Heineke comes in after Fitzpatrick got hurt. And then they scored their only touchdown of the game. Touchdown pass to Logan Thomas, their tight end. He is also hurt. I want to say he might be on, I don't know if they put him on IR, but I don't think he's expected to play this week. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, both teams struggled. It's not a good Thursday night game. It's an NFC East matchup. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to take the Giants getting the points. 
But that, that extra half point, like I said, is swaying me in that direction. They do have weapons. We'll see if they can get it going a little bit better. But this is not exactly the defense you want to uh, have wishful thinking in that from that aspect. But we'll see. So, um, all right. What else do y'all have? I've got two more games. As of right now, I also have two more. Um, but I'm looking at a few others that I might add. But you can go ahead. Give me your next one. Either one of y'all, rock, paper, scissors. Um, I'll go. I'll give you my last one. It's going to be my lock. Um, 49ers minus three at the Eagles, and I'm going to take the Eagles plus three and a half. See, I was looking at this one big time. Um, yeah, I mean, 49ers just lost Mostert. Um, they did, what was it, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell from UL showed flashes, showed that he has uh, got potential to be a good running back in this league. But Jalen Hurts looked good. They were playing the Falcons. And then we watched the Niners almost, or they did blow the cover against uh, the Lions after being up big. They let the Lions, who might be the worst team in football, them and the Jacksonville Jaguars can basically play rock, paper, scissors for that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yes, I guess give me give me your reasoning on why you're taking the Eagles. Um, well, just like you said, I think the 49ers, they started off really hot, obviously against a team that's not going to be competing for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They got the running game going early, but then later in that game it kind of stalled and that allowed for um, Detroit to come back into the game. And Detroit, I mean, you look, Detroit's a team, you know, Jared Goff hasn't been very good in his career, but he hasn't been the worst. So I don't know. I will watch out. Detroit seems like a, a sneaky team that I don't think will have a chance to make the playoffs, but they might be a good team to bet on in certain games because of another I like I, I think their offense has the ability to obviously I like their tight end and I like their running back because they're on their, my fantasy <laughs> team but yeah I do I do think the one-two punch of Jamal Williams and, and De, uh, DeAndre Swift is is something that shouldn't go unnoticed yeah another thing um that's worth mentioning obviously is I guess he's their number one cornerback. I don't know who else they have. I know Sherman's not there, but Jason Verrett towards ACL. He's out for the season. Mm. That happened last week. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, that was the – I think he came from the Chargers. He, he's been a solid corner in this league for quite a while. So that hurts. Um. And then speaking of hurts, Jalen Hurts looked damn good. It, like I said, it was against the Falcons, but he looked really poised in the pocket, scrambled when he needed to, made plays with his feet, uh, had a really nice play rolling out to the right in the red zone, uh, threw a great ball, kind of almost across his body, but it, it, he looked good. And their defense, it's how much is it the Eagles' defense was good and the Falcons' red zone offense is bad, but they shut them down in the red zone every time. Yeah, the Eagles have a decent defense. So Yeah. I think just looking at this game and Jalen Hurts is – you know, what you're assessing here. It's like he knows how to play. He knows how to win games. Mm-hmm. All In college, he learned at Alabama, you know, what does it take to win games and what does it take not to lose them. And then he, so proved, he, knows, he proved he could do it at Oklahoma as well. He knows that he's going to give, like, not making mistakes gives his chance, his team the best chance to win, and that's the key here going against a, a kind of a tough defense with a good pass rush. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then on top of that, the Eagles got the running game going a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was that was going to be one of my questions was how did Miles Sanders look because I did not. He did um, pretty good actually. Did he? Yeah. Okay, fifteen carries, seventy four yards. Uh, Devontae Smith 
first drive of the season, gets a touchdown, same spot he caught the touchdown in the national championship game from Tua. That was pretty cool to see. Uh, he looked good, getting tons of separation on his routes. So they've got weapons on the outside with the acquisition of Smith. Um, so, yeah, and I, I, I was looking at this one, and it's interesting for sure. I'm going to stay away for now, but I, I definitely I would lean – I would lean Philly for sure. Um, I am going to take my next one. This is going to be my lock of the week. I'm going to take the Patriots minus six on the road against the Jets. Zach Wilson, I think, is going to struggle mightily against Bill Belichick's defense. Typically, typically rookie struggle against the Patriots. Uh, his second start going up against one of the better defensive minds in the league. Patriots got a lot of starters back on the defensive side of the ball. They fumbled away the win against the Dolphins division game. Um, Damian Harris, like I said, fumbled it away from him in the red zone. Mac Jones looked good, though. I really, I, I think Mac Jones has the potential to be the best quarterback out of this draft. I really do. I think it's it, it, good fit, good situation for him. Uh, he was 29 to 39, 281 yards and a touchdown. So I think that the Jets are going to struggle. I was looking at this game, too. Yeah, six points. It is a road game. Um, but The yeah. Jets are at home? Yeah, Jets are at home. It's a road game for the Patriots. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to take this one. This one's going to be my lock of the week as well. Typically, like I said, rookie struggle against Bill Belichick. So we'll see uh, We'll see how it goes. It's still early in the NFL season. But, yeah, that's going to be my lock. You can go ahead and give me your next one, Justin. Um, I have Saints minus three and a half mm-hmm. against the Panthers this week. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to be there. Uh, I, I mean, who knows? Get a couple beers in me. I very well might bet it because I'm think there. Y'all will end up. It's very possible. Betting it. Very possible. If it goes down to three, I'd like it even more. That three and a half. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, we got to see. We got to see what the deal is. The no marsh on Lattimore is going to hurt. Um, I mean, I don't know. That it's almost. I want to see him do it again. I want to see him do it one more time before it's like, okay, this is this is what we can expect from here on out. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't bet against him ever. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, give me your next one, Nick. Oh, I'm, I'm finished. That was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, all right, my next one, and I guess for now this will be my last one. If I add any more, I will put it out on Twitter. Um, I don't love this one, but I think I'm going to go with it. Titans plus five and a half on the road against Seattle. I didn't love what Seattle was doing. I mean, they look they look pretty good, but I think the Colts are solid. They pull out a 28-16 victory. One was kind of a busted coverage right before halftime. Um, deep ball to lock it. Uh, I think the Titans kind of have to bounce back. I do think the Titans have a decent defense. Five and a half seems like a lot. I don't know. Like I said, I don't love it. I expect them to get the ground game going, the, the rushing attack going with Derrick Henry. They're going to have to. I'm going to take the Titans plus five and a half on the road. And that will be my last one. How many more you got, Justin? I have one more. Okay. Let me see. Let me hear it. It's my lock of the week, and I'm going back to the well with the Cowboys plus three and a half mm. over the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Don't like it. I don't know. What's over under? Mm. Cowboys just lost to Marcus Lawrence. If I were to guess 43 or 44. Now, it's fifty-five and a half. Yeah, what? What? Yeah, yeah. I see fifty-six right here. Um, yeah. Michael Gallup's on IR. Randy Gregory's hurt. Demarcus Lawrence is out. Lyle Collins is out. 
I don't love that. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Justin Herbert looked really good, and then they got some. They got some people on the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers, um, but the offense looked stacked for for Dallas. It did. I mean, that's the best defense in the league. Uh, you can argue it, but Tampa's pretty but much. They were banged up in the secondary. I mean, they which got, is already a weakness. Yeah, I mean, they the Murphy bunting got hurt, but hey, guys, I never even seen, never even heard of playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even before Murphy Bunting got hurt, they were still moving the ball pretty well. But yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys' offense is the real deal. I think Dak's damn good. They got a ton of options at receiver, even with Gallup getting hurt. But yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna stay away from that one on the road. Coming off a tough loss against uh, Tampa, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they do get the the extra couple days of rest because they played on Thursday. But yeah, I'm. I think it'll be a good game. I'm interested to see how it goes, but I'm going to stay away from that one for now. But to recap mine, I got on Thursday, Giants plus three and a half, Titans plus five and a half on the road against uh, the Seahawks. And then my lock of the week is um, the Patriots on the road, minus six against the rookie Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. That is my lock of the week. You go ahead. And I have the New York Giants, Washington football team under 40 and a half points. And then for my lock of the week, I have the Eagles plus three and a half. Okay. Recap yours, Justin. I have the Giants plus three over the football team. I got the Saints minus three over the Panthers. And my lock of the week is Cowboys plus three and a half over the Chargers. We'll see if they cover that. If they do, I mean, that'll be. They need to. Well, yeah, I mean. They need a win. They can't go down 0-2. Um but, yeah, I mean, the loss of DeMarcus Lawrence is going to hurt. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, episode 85, Big Easy Bets. Like I said, y'all can message us on Twitter. Uh, if you're not already following us on Twitter, go ahead and follow us. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Any games that we did not touch on that you might have a question about, feel free to message us, and we will give you our opinion on that. But, yeah, other than that, that's all I got. Y'all got anything else before we go? Nope. All right, y'all have a good one. Who that?